What's up, failures, and welcome to the Chicken Hut, a CNC fancast. I am your host, Noah. Uh, joined at at this point, I mean, are you really a guest host at this point? I mean, let's let's be real. You are Molly. Let's get that out of the way. Hey. You are Molly. Hey. We know that much. <laughs> But what, I mean, you're not a guest host. I think this is what, your third time on the show? This, this is my third time. And the, the intention um, is to... Hey, wait, stop. What? What fraction of shows have I been a host on? Um, how, many, how many shows have you done? I almost said how many hoes have you done? <laughs> <clears throat> well, this is, I think, this, I think this is episode number 16. And, and this, this is, is your third. third time. Are we really going to like do like long division, uh, like live it's on not, that? There's no long division about it. You can't simplify three and 16. It's three sixteenths. Yeah. But like what percentage is that? Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. I'm going to find out though. Oh, no. I, and that's, you know, and I held my breath for like half a second because yeah. I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yep. She's going to do it. She's I'm going to do it. Where's right. my calculator on this phone? Let's all just sit here while you find your calculator on you your phone. You guys sit here and enjoy this. You're going to sit here and you're going to fucking like it, too. <laughs> Three. Divide. 18.7%. Damn, dog. I know, 18%. right? 18%. I think it has to be 20% for me to move up from this level yeah. of guest host. You know, it's funny, too, because we... um. Wasn't it just yesterday we were watching SNL from last week and they did a little bit because like that's the whole thing like when <gasps> yes! like when they get Who to was the fight it? it was Jonah Hill Jonah Hill um, right yeah and it's not just him they've done that bit before like when hosts have been on the show oh shit when their... I get to five do I get a jacket yes a CNC jacket yes with a little emblem yes like a little logo yeah with a five no wait okay holy shit my <laughs> mind is blown. All right, I have to give some backstory to the audience. <clears throat> this is morning. We usually record in the evening, but um, we're both off because it's election day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're recording in the morning because we, we don't have kids right now. So we're like, let's totally record a podcast um, because they're a daycare because like, we're both off from work. Because we're off from but work, like, but we can't be bothered you know to what? care for our children <clears throat> on a work we day. We don't get days off at home without the kids very often. So we're like, let's totally record a podcast and we'll you know do some dishes and whatever too. And where was I even going with that? Who's doing... Are you... You're gonna do dishes? Yeah, I plan to do the dishes nice. at some point. Um, I seriously like completely lost my train. My of jacket. Oh yes, your jacket. Because it's it's basically referencing a like a part of conversation that we had. Anyway, this is like the seventeenth time we've tried to record this podcast today because um, it's early, it's morning. Um, my voice is like really froggy and raspy because we've both been like having this cold yeah. and stuff for like weeks, and yeah. I kept like being like, ah, I'm like you know I need to clear my throat and. Um, we kind of just got like the yips a little bit and we kept like having to stop and start and stop and start. And we're finally, it's like, you know what? Fuck it. We had some good shit in those other takes that you'll never hear. Um, I think that we should make, I'm sorry, I'm totally interrupting your idea. And you're well, let me just, let me finish this because the whole thing that it reminded me of was that we were talking about the five timers bit. And that once you, (laughs) once you've been a guest host five times and you officially like can be promoted and you're like, Oh yeah, do I get the jacket? One of the bits we had talked about in the, the lost episodes (laughs) was that you were telling Bevan, like, or you were telling me, you were like, I want to get another like CNC shirt or, or hoodie or whatever. And you said you wanted it Jersey style. Um, with and my on, name on the back. Yeah, with your name on the back. And it just dawned on me, holy shit, the number on the jersey will be five. Could be five. Yeah, that'll be your jersey That's number. Right. So, Bevan, if you're listening, um, get on that. You need to get on your... On your, a jersey! Yeah, you need to Sports get on ball. Tee Public and design a CNC <laughs> jersey. Actually, no, I think for my five-timers uh, reward, yeah. I want, like, Hugh Hefner-style... Like a lounge like, jacket? Like Isn't that what they call jacket. that? Like a lounge jacket. Yeah. A lounge jacket jersey? No. I think I'm... that would actually be more baller <laughs> if it was like a lounge jacket, but like jersey With an style. 0-5 on the yeah. back, but I want like... Um, no, not an 0-5, just a 5. Just a 5. What sports are you watching? Yeah, just a 5. Just a 5 yeah. on the back? Yeah. I don't know. Middle school football has, you know, Do they? double digits. You know, I guess that's possible. I don't... I always just pictured most... Most like sports jerseys that if it's a single digit number, it's just the it's just the single number. Huh? Because it you know interesting less stitching. I bet y'all find this interesting too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we might need to restart for an eighteenth time coming oh, up. Jesus. Here. No, no. no we you can't know what do I think it. we should do going. though? I think that we should release. We should edit first, but we should release little snippets 
from our attempts maybe at recording these episodes no but you know what we talked about maybe i'm maybe i should just go about this in a meta way because we were before we started recording for the 17th time right we were we were kind of commiserating and bemoaning <laughs> that like oh man there was some really good jokes and stuff but i was like pissing and moaning as i'm as i'm want to do like uh but we can't just like we can't just like redo the jokes as if we're making them up for the first time because they were like you know <clears throat> they were spontaneous jokes, and it's just not the same thing and when we're it's not funny. Spon- but maybe if I just approach this from a meta sense, I'll just tell the story about having told the joke, and then it's like you know, full transparency. This is not a new joke. This is a joke that I've told before, um, but I still want to share it with the world. And you know the bit I'm talking about. Yes, I do. Because the first time that well, well, maybe it was like the fifth or the eighth. Or the third. <laughs> it hasn't but been like, that many. Oh my god! <clears throat> one of the times where we were talking about. <laughs> You know, I was doing the intro, like, hey, I'm your host, Noah, and joined by my, and I was like, um, what do we, you know, what do I, what are you now? Like, what do we call, I, I guess, and I kind of tried to be like, yeah, you're like a co-host now. And you're like, no, 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 I'm not a co-host. Nick's the co-host. I don't want to step on his toes. And I was like, well, you're not a guest host. Like, you've been on the show enough times now, and you're right. going to, and like, obviously the plan is for you to continue on with the show, specifically for the Hill House run that we intend to see through. Right-o. Um, so you were like, well, what should I, what should I be? And um, we, we what, had a couple like suggestions, and I was like, well, what about like associate host? And you were like, yeah, sure, associate host. And I said, we could shorten it to ass. <laughs> Still funny, you second time what? around. You know what? It's funnier this time yeah. around. Yeah. Molly is now the official ass host <laughs> of the Chicken Hut. And I'm going to have that name printed on my CNC jersey. Yes. Jersey number five, ass, ass host. host. Yeah. I'm going to wear it every chance I can. Oh my God, that would be Grocery amazing. Grocery store. Yeah. Done. And you know what? We'll put we'll put a little um, period after ass so like people can't even bust you for it um, being sweet. Because isn't that like, isn't then that, I can, oh man. isn't ass like officially the abbreviation for associate? Like you can write I, ASS? No. Isn't it? No. What is it? Is it ASC or AS? A-S-S-O-C, right? I don't know. We're going to do ass though. Because that's, that's, <laughs> because that's, because that's the okay. official, because here at the chicken <laughs> hut, post this no, one? here no. at the chicken hut, we do ass. That is our official <laughs> We do policy. ass is our new tagline. Yeah, we do ass. I think that should be the title of this episode. You know what, honey? <laughs> this this sixteenth or seventeenth attempt to record, I feel like this is I feel like this is gonna be it. I feel like this is the winner. This is it. I feel like yeah. This is the winner. Yeah. You know why? Why? Ass stuff always wins. That's true. You know what? <laughs> Ass stuff always plays. See what I did there? <laughs> People love ass stuff. Someone posted a video in the. In the Facebook forum. Yeah. In the CNC? <laughs> yeah. 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 Can't even. Yeah. You have to use your words, honey. It's a Sorry. podcast. It was like a, <laughs> it was like somebody ziplining and their facial reactions. And it said something about like when you try ass stuff for the first time. Yikes. I'm sorry. Molly just went there. <laughs> it just it just jumped into my mind when we were I mean like in fairness this. we were already there but like it just like got like another like it just went next level. She just went like another layer deep into I ass just, stuff. Oh jeez. All right. All right, I'm calling it. That's all enough. Right. We, we, we got to move on. You know what? We have beaten that ass into submission. <laughs> Sorry, that was one more. That was a is bonus. This, is there going to be a number 19 to man, our attempts oh, here? It's oh, funny because like we were like part of what I was stressing out about, like full transparency when we kept restarting. I was like, man, you know, I don't want to have to like rehash, but like we had already talked about so much bullshit that I was like, how are we going to bullshit for like 10 minutes or whatever, even it's what five we minutes, do. you know, without just jumping straight into the, um, the content of the show. And we're at almost 10 minutes now. Like <laughs> we did a lot better job talking about the stuff we talked about than actually talking about stuff. It's really bizarre. That was that was really confusing. I'm a confusing guy. It ma- hey. it made sense to me. <laughs> That's all that really matters. Man, oh man. So we're gonna talk about. Uh, we're gonna continue to talk about the haunting of Hill House. This new Dude. hot new show. All the kids are talking about episode two. Yeah, and we're gonna try. Um, you know, we, you and I talked about this a bit off air too, that like, we're going to try and like really crank these out. Cause like with, with, yeah. with critical failures, yeah. it's different. Cause like they're books, they're, you know, they're long, even short books compared to like an episode of a TV show. Sure. It takes is, more than an hour to get through. Right. Yeah. Some people take weeks to, to get through a whole book. Some people will read right. a book in a whole, in a, in a single day. But like with a TV show, especially with Netflix's model, 
where like all of the episodes are there the day the show came out. And like, I almost don't want to like miss the boat, you know, because the show's been out for like almost a month now. Most people have probably already watched the entire thing, you know, so like, I don't want us to be here in the middle of like late December, like still talking about Hill House because people will have, you know, yeah, no, we're not doing, we're, on come them. on, I don't know who you're bullshitting with your dishes stories but we're not gonna do dishes today we're gonna go watch episode three right after we finish this and then we'll be right back here in this room recording our next podcast it's possible i mean it it depends if we can ever manage to finish this episode then maybe yes but i still need to vote oh yeah and at some point we're gonna i'm gonna go vote like a baller that's right because i already voted like a baller like yeah and we did some bits about that too and they were they were a little more hit and miss but i did in fact vote today um because you were watching the episode again right you voted i was watching i was re-watching episode two so that yeah. i could take notes yeah. like a good ass <laughs> well because we meant we meant to in all seriousness we meant to record this episode like three what like three or four days ago yeah um, you know, and kids and work and life. And we just, we kept meaning to, and things kept happening. And it got to the point where I think it was last night we were talking about it. And we knew we both had this day off today. So we're like, yeah, we can totally record tomorrow. But I was like, we should, we should probably watch the episode again. Yeah. Cause like, you know, right now. I, I certainly remember it. You remember it. But like when you're intending to talk about it for an hour, like you really do need your recollections to be pretty vivid. No, it's true. And I took some, I, I think I took some pretty good notes. Yeah. So I watched it again yesterday. And took notes as well. And then I think this morning, you were like, yeah, I'm going to put this on. And I was like, well, I'll just go vote. Because like, our voting place yeah. is like, whatever, like two and a half minutes from where we live. And you so went. I went and like I voted. Unabomber. I voted. Spoiler alert. Voted blue. <laughs> just saying. I, and we did a whole bit where I was like, yeah, everyone get out and vote. And I was like, shit. This, <laughs> like literally me saying that will only even be valid for like the next, what, 10 hours Maybe. i don't even know if the show will be published by the time election day is literally <laughs> over and i'm like fml glad it's we circled back to that hon yeah but so i convinced bad. you to vote you were you didn't really need you convincing but me. yeah so um you complete me <laughs> so haunting a hill house let's let's get to it um i remember after the first episode you were you were definitely on board to keep watching, but you were not sure exactly how you felt about the show. It just seemed so scary. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling now? Are you feeling a little better? Well, I feel like I feel like Shirley is probably like the most tame. Sure. So this episode was not so bad. Yeah. This episode was not so bad. No, and it was it was among the shorter episodes. Yeah. Um, and that's another great thing about Netflix's model is they are, they don't have like any rules, you know, like net. Um, uh, network TV like ABC, Fox, CBS, like their show, even Fo- even like cable shows like um, FX, um, AMC, things like that. You know they have to fit their episodes into a very uh, tight time structure right. you know, because they have commercials, they have advertisers, they have time slots. You know, mm-hmm. eight PM to nine PM. You know the episodes very much so have to fit into a very specific period of time. Whereas with Netflix and other streaming services, they don't have commercials really you nah, know? bro they're just like eh, we're done they're like how about we tell this episode the way that the, this episode the story ought to be told and, right. w- and if it turns out that this episode is 39 minutes and the next episode is 107 minutes like whatever that's you know i love that that they have the artistic freedom to right to tell each chapter appropriately and not have to fit it into some box because like well we've got to have 17 minutes of commercials so that you know the episode has to be 43 minutes long to the, to the second you know and you know that they have to be making choices that compromise the story when they have to do that. Like Well, sure, like filling or Yeah, or yeah, cutting. Yeah. Or cutting. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. If you literally have to change a single line of dialogue specifically to make the time work, then you've you've jeopardized the art. I know that sounds right. pretentious, but like, you know, you're making a change <laughs> for no other reason than to make the time work, you know? Yeah. And I love that with the Netflix shows, and I noticed that right off the bat with um I mean, not just with Haunting of Hill House, but like with, with their shows in general, that the episode lengths are, can, can be wildly different, you know, yeah. because not every episode is going to take the exact same amount of time to tell the story that they're trying to tell. Does that make sense? It does. All right. Anyway, um, now that I'm <laughs> sorry, I just went <laughs> up on This has been a really informative part of the show. You know what? Whatever. If you guys don't like it, just, um, we already <laughs> talked about this. Just do, listen to something else while you're pooping. <laughs> if you need to poop, like, look, everyone poops. We tell our kids this. That's, it's a, isn't that a book? Everybody poops. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody poops. It's fine that you poop. I, I know. I understand that you have to poop. I understand that you want something to listen to while you poop. 
if you don't find the dulcet, soothing tones of, of my voice <laughs> talking about, you know, my philosophy on television show time frame structures. And artistic integrity. Then listen to something else while you are dropping the kids off at the pool. This got weird. This really got <laughs> this weird. Got what, weird. Why, why do we have such a fixation on everything relating to like that portion of people's this is just an ass kind of day (laughs) some days are ass days so all right so hey about shirley shirley yeah so this episode is episode two this is this is the shirley episode this is the shirley episode do you remember the title i remember we talked about that last show that like uh, that all of the episodes have titles i'm already working on pulling it up because i do want to i do want to make sure that we i can't remember because i remember number one was steven sees a ghost and we had a whole you know, <laughs> because that fell was into that one. Yeah. Yeah, but it was perfect how you did it. Oh, the new episode, the new season of House of Cards is out. I don't even know if I'm going to watch that. Honestly, I don't want to. I don't want to go totally off the deep end about House of Cards. But all right, so let's see. Episode three. No, we don't. What's the name of episode two? Open casket. Oh, of course it's open casket. And I knew oh. that. Remember, oh. and there's and because there's the little boy too. They revisit yeah, that. That's... He says open castle. Yes. Yeah. That's right. All right. So let's start at the beginning. So we have a cold open. Um, Shirley waking up from I, I I would assume just a bad dream, right? Bad dream slash some sort of connection to Nell being in the red room. Yeah, and there's really not much explained about it. That's well. I mean, that same scene we've seen before in the in the previous episode. Have we though? Because I wasn't sure. Even as I rewatched it a couple of times for recording this episode, I was like. Um, I even put in my notes like, oh yeah, this is um, this is revisiting Shirley getting the call, you know, finding out that Nell's dead. But then like later on in this episode, we come back to the scene where Shirley does get the call from. St- so then I was like, well, wait a minute, was the cold open? Was that not that same scene? Was that like a different night? Was that a different incident, or was that the same night? That, no, like, maybe I believe she's having that's, bad dreams. I think that Shirley awoke at the exact time of Nellie's death. Yeah, that in would the make red sense. Room. Because I think they have that bond. Right. All five of them, you yeah. suppose? Yeah. Yeah. That makes some sense. That's that's how I took, what I took away from it anyway, because they showed that happening in the last episode, and they also took caution to like pan to the alarm clock and oh. the time that was on it. Yeah, Which you're right. I don't remember what it was, but I thought, oh, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, you're letting me know that this is like the... Right. exact moment see and i i first of all you're the smarter of the two of us and I've always, so you're i think you're right and thank you for thank you for learning me something sure um i think you're right but i i think that the reason why i was kind of preventing myself from seeing it that way is that i thought that they had established that but only for nell and luke you know because, because of the fact that they had the twin oh, right. thing so like i was thinking oh yeah that's totally a thing that nell and luke have so i was kind of just like blocking that out from my brain in terms of it being like I guess I never really thought of it that way, but you're totally right. That's what makes the most sense. Well, I mean, half of this episode were flashbacks uh, from Shirley's perspective of interactions between her and Nell. And she was like that mothering, like, big sister. And she clearly has this, you know, well, I'm kind of getting ahead of us. That's okay. You know, she, she has this weird sense where you know she's seeing things in the dead bodies with like the lips moving and the kitten's mouth and there's some good shit in this episode holy all that stuff so she's like she's got that she's got a little bit of that supernatural in her yeah that's true you know that's true she's it's it's almost more of like a telepathic thing i think you know and that that would be oh god i can't i can't really talk to you about some of this we'll have to revisit this um in future episodes because i want to comment on that um, but I can't, and I can't even tell you why, cause I don't want to spoil anything. These are all just my assumptions. Sure. You know? Yeah, but you're, you're... Which kind of feed that theory about her waking up at that time and right. saying Nellie's in the red room. Because See... I think Nellie was in the red room. <coughs> like, I don't know yet, but... Well, I'm and like assuming... I said, I'm not telling you whether you're right or wrong about that, but like one of the things that I guess, I don't know if cheapens is the right word, but mm-hmm. I guess like if you're right, and I think you are... Because that's the only explanation that really makes sense for that first scene to me, um, the way you explain it. But I'm like, well, but then what does that really say about the whole twin connection? Because, like, it kind of cheapens that. Like, if they all have it, 
then what makes the connection special between the twins? See, I'm waiting for that to be revealed because I think uh, Nellie and Well, then let's hurry and the hell Luke... up and record this episode so yeah, we can know, watch right? the next so we can episode. Watch the next one. No, oh, but so excited for you to guessing, watch this show. If I'm, you know, guessing and predicting yeah, what go will ahead. happen, I feel Molly like... Stradamus. <laughs> Mal Stradamus. Astradamus. <laughs> yes. That's what's going on in New Jersey. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, I feel like there's going to be, you know... Clearly, another an, another ball drop on Luke and Nell, but already you see like that they're both like broken people. Yeah. In in, you know, not the least of all ways due to Hill House shenanigans when they were children. I think that's right. not coincidental that they were the youngest. I think it's not coincidental that they are the twins, right. and that they've probably seen the most, you know house action so to speak so let me use that as a segue or a, a jumping off point for another thing because you know we'll sure. talk about the whole episode but like obviously the kittens right yeah the kittens are a big thing this episode um it's almost very mm. game of thronesy right because like in game of thrones you have all of the stark kids and there's like the same number you remember that like way back at the beginning of game the of thrones wolves? the wolves there's the same number of wolves as there are kids and i feel like that's definitely not a coincidence um are you telling me they're all gonna die what? The kids. I'm not telling you anything. I'm telling you that like that one example of storytelling is similar between Game of Thrones and Haunting of Hill House. That yeah, but like the find little animals. kitten died. Well, that's where I was going with that. Is this like a parallel? Because the here? whole because the whole episode revolves oh a lot around these kittens. But like it's so obvious. That never occurred to me. Really? Now I feel like the biggest idiot in the world. What the Game of Thrones correlation, or just the fact that there was the same There's number the of kittens? The five kittens and the five kids. They say it, and then the one dies. Well, because you were talking and then about Nell dies. You were talking about Nell dying, and then there was the one who was sickly, and it, you were talking about Nell and Luke being these the youngest. They're, yeah, they're the broken ones. And I was thinking, yeah, because like really, it is not terribly subtle, like the the analogy between the kittens and the kids. And they say as much. Like when they find the kittens, I think it's Shirley, or maybe it's even Nell. Yeah, I think it is Nell. She goes, there's five of them, like there's five of us. Oh, that's and, true. And like even as I watched it the first time, I was like, Jesus, like that is not a good omen. <laughs> like that's, you know. Um, but in any event, yeah, the young one, the littlest one dies. And if you remember... They, I mean, they all eventually die, but, like, the one that's left is sickly. Remember? Like, there's only one that's still alive, and it's really sickly. Yeah, and it opens its eyes. And it's all, yeah, it's all fucked up. Yeah. And it made me think, like, yeah, so, like, that's kind of, like, where we are in in the present day story, and that's kind of where we are with Nell and Luke, right? That, like, Nell is the youngest. She's she's dead. We already know she's dead. And then, like, there's this, there's this other one that's, like, sickly, you know? Which is Luke. And I think I also remember Shirley saying at one point when she's talking to her mom when they're doing the funeral for yeah. the cat that she's like I'm not even sure which one this one was because like there was two that looked alike remember it she's like I think this is the one I called Jasper or whatever yes. and it made me think yep. yeah so there's definitely two of the kittens that are basically like twins. the twins I'm like oh this is genius maybe I'm like reading way too far into it I have goosebumps but this just the the brilliance of the writing and the storytelling and how they you know. No, and I think it's not a coincidence that the kitten did that thing with its eyes, and yeah. then like at the end of the episode, Shirley looks back into the what what's it called like mortuary yeah, area yeah. where Nell after she's finished. <laughs> oh, talk what? about how fucked up that yeah, was! That was All right, anyway, up. after she's finished her job, she looks in and she sees like the apparition of her mother, and her mother's eyes open and look like the kitten. Uh, well, I'll make another. Are you ready for me to blow your mind? You're yeah. wearing earphones. I don't want your earphones to explode All off right, of your go. head. Um, as far because I'm now I'm getting like conspiracy theories. Almost. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun. You you guys can't see me, but I got this big like childlike grin on my face because I'm like making all these um these parallels to the two kittens, the one that dies, the one that's sickly, the the one that's sickly. You know, its eyes are all fucked right, up. Right, right. Okay, let me remember this. When Luke shows up at Nell's wedding, Shirley looks at Luke's eyes yeah. and it's like you're fucked up right now you're sick you're not you're okay high. you need yeah. to leave and i'm like oh shit that's just is now occurring to me so many things i wonder so i legitimately things. wonder how many because i'm sure that i'm wrong about at least some of these things but i bet we're right about a lot of them too you know in terms of the intentionality of 
I imagine Mike Flanagan and writing these stories. I imagine the writers of stories like these um, intend for audiences to take away whatever they can, and sure. none of that is wrong. Yeah, does that make sense? It does. Like it's all left up to the imagination. Like there, I think there's a part of me that still likes to think like maybe they're all just like suffering from mental illness, and like none of these ghosts are real. Do you know what I mean? Eh, ma. <laughs> Imagination, imagination. Honey, honey. Yeah. Are you- imagination. All right, I'm done. We made an Imagination Land reference in one of our lost episodes. No, that was after you stopped recording. Yeah, I had to do it though. Yeah. You know, you. I think you're. And you know what's funny? And um, we're what? We're like fuck. We're 25 minutes in. Nice. And you know what we haven't mentioned once? What? Or who we haven't mentioned once? Huh. Nick. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Nick, Nick. I miss you. Gone but not forgotten. Oh. Because, no, but to your point, and I'm sorry that I kind of hijacked it, but going back to your point, yes, like, um, viewer interpretation is a valid thing. And that's something that, if you remember, Nick um, had a lot to say about when it comes to, to reader oh, interpretation. Oh, sure. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like, the way that the reader interprets something, regardless of how the author even maybe intended for it to be, like... You know, Nick was basically advocating for the notion that I'm the reader of this material. I get to choose how I interpret it, you know, and that he has agency over his own thoughts and opinions on on what he's reading. Right. Um, and I think that that's very valid for any media. And, it's, and, and I'm not oh, trying. Absolutely. Am, yeah. I, am I kind of like getting what you're saying right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that everything is written so well and set up and portrayed in such a way that is so just... It's just perfectly subtle and ambiguous enough yeah. to allow for those interpretations to be wildly varied. Yeah, and two people, and that's kind of what lends itself to being great podcasting material, yeah. right? Is because like you can have you can have one scene or one whatever uh, point of fact or, or you know uh, point of plot, I guess. Sure. And you can have two people take it completely different yeah, ways yeah, yeah. with both interpretations being totally valid. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes great writing. That's yeah. what makes great storytelling, whether it's a book or a TV show. Like, that's right, what it's all about. Right. You never tell the reader what to think. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just, there are stories, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong ooh, with this. Ooh, that reminds me. I even took a, I, I wrote down. Well, sure. Well, what up. I was going to say, there Sorry. are stories that are just so basic, and there's nothing wrong with sometimes stories just being basic, but there's really nothing to interpret. Like, sometimes a story is just so simple that it's just very point A to point B. This show is like point A uh, to point J, back to point E, and then yeah, let's go check the out place. point Q. Sure. Um, and then there's a point Z, and like you don't even know what that is. That's like a letter that I just invented. There is. You just kind of segued into something that I, I made a mental note, and I'm Do looking it, at on. my actual notes, and it's not there, which makes me sad because I wanted to type the actual quote. But um, flashback to the mom uh, talking to Shirley, young Shirley, about the kittens dying, and she has oh, yeah. this like really beautifully expressive, uh, you know, explanation for where the kittens are now right and that it's at when they when they are like eulogizing the first kitten to die she says do you want to say something and and shirley's like what and she's like a, a story say us you know tell a story because that's all we amount to when we die yeah that's and the a more, really touching the moment. more memories that you speak and the more stories that you tell makes the person having you know makes the person more meaningful yeah because once we die that's that's what we become that's what we become we all become stories and every time someone tells a story about us it's like we're still here that's that's how she explained it it was awesome and And carla gugino who is the actress who plays the mom she's just amazing she is she's great and um i just kind of folded that quote and tucked it into my mind because i feel like that's a really good thing to like I, I feel sad that I'm taking it from Hill House, but I'm thinking like, what to like teach we, our kids. Teach no, our kids. I thought the exact I thought the yeah. exact same thing. That I'm like I'm legitimately like learning parenting lessons <laughs> from a Netflix horror TV show. I wrote show. another parenting quote down too because at the end, after she has her like major migraine when Shirley's her asking color, her, her color, color storm. storm. So what is that? Is okay. I, that one I did take exception. That was That's a just little cheesy. Weird. It sounds right. like it should be like the name of like a did you like a like a Christian story? rock like hard rock <laughs> like, you know. Color storm. Too hard. No, I I can never be too hard. I vote hard. <laughs> We've talked about this anyway. So yeah, her she has her like migraine. Yeah, but then they're back talking about it, and she's like, "What did you want me to say that we like went and took the kitten 
and put him out of its misery. Yeah. And he says, yeah, this was not our finest hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like, not our finest moment. <laughs> and clearly. he wrote down most relatable line in the history of parenting. That's a great scene, though. It is, it is such a very good scene. authentic. And yeah. I, I love it. They're, they're, they have a great, you know, marital dynamic. And I, I love that there's a point where she's like venting off some steam about it. And she's taking responsibility for like the parts that she kind of fucked up. Oh, but, sure. Um, but she's, what does she say? She says something like, and if you hadn't, and he goes, go ahead. And she's like, no, I, I can't. That's, that's not fair. And he goes, go ahead anyway. And it's just, it's so, I, I can't even like. It's, just that, that communicative style. It's very, and, and just that, Henry Thomas and like, uh, they have great chemistry. I know. Oh, it's just, so cool. And it just, I think of how many not the finest hour moments we've oh, had already. yeah, believe me. And you know what? Like this, let's and be I real. And I thought like, yeah, I get it. Like, I probably would give in to my kid if they found a box of five kittens and wanted to keep it in their room. And it was like, you know, our really responsible eldest daughter. Yeah. And then if the kittens all died, I'd be like, well, shit. Yeah. I just love it. I love their whole, I love them, their interaction as characters. I love the chemistry the two actors oh, know, have with each it. other. It's like good. they, they cast it so perfectly. All right. So let's, let's take it back to the beginning. Let's talk right. about this thing chronologically, which is not chronologically. I know, which is weird, right? <laughs> because if you talk about the episodes themselves chronologically, it requires you to like bounce around. I know, right? I even actually have in my notes, I always always put in all caps at the beginning of it each note just so like literally as we're talking about it on the show yeah because i anticipated me getting really easily confused especially if we're referring to a character but it's like really each character is two characters you know yeah. because like there's young shirley and old shirley there's See, young steven and old etc i say i say shirley and then i say f shirley for flashback shirley you wrote wait you could have gone. You could have gone young Shirley. I didn't you even think about child, that because I wanted Shirley. to like you, you remind myself Shirley. that it was a flashback. Fucking Shirley. <laughs> F Shirley. Wow. See, I started out. Look, I'm showing you. All right. I started out at the beginning writing flashback Shirley, but then that got to be too much, so I started just. You know, I love visual references on podcasts, I'm so, but yes, I do see what you're talking this, about. Look at this, guys. Look at my. Notes. All right. So anyway. So anyway. So we had the cold open. We talked about that a little bit. After the cold open. Um, we're in the present. We're revisiting the young boy and the grandma. Um, which is kind of interesting because on our last episode we talked about, and I even said like, yeah, this isn't really a thing that you know comes back or becomes. Excuse me, and I somewhat stand by that. Like, it's not an ongoing storyline, but part of what you have to do when you're telling these stories in such a non-linear way is that if you're telling Shirley's story and you're kind of going back and rehashing some of these same periods of time Mm -hmm. where we were visiting Stephen's timeline in the first episode, well, you know, this is what Shirley was doing during that time, was, was dealing with this young boy. And this grandma, who is, you know, also clearly a ghost, terrorizing this poor child at night. Right. Um, so we get um, a nice little scene with them, and she's kind of telling her story about, um, there's like a montage, right, that she's preparing yeah. the grandma. Creepy and, kid with grandma issues. And we've already d- and dove, like... the embalming like, process. We've already skipped way far ahead in this episode, but obviously what I love about this is that we can see in hindsight that all of this is starting to lay these layers of foundation of who Shirley is and mm-hmm. how she became. Because, like, you're like, why is she a funeral parlor, you know? But, like, she's she's telling this story and she's obviously handles it with such grace. What what would her title be? Um, Because she's not a funeral director if she's actually... She's a mortician. I would say she's a mortician. mortician? But funer- pro- actually, you know what? I think you're right. I think funeral director would be the most... Like, that would be, like, how you would... Um, identify yourself to your clients is as a funeral director. Yeah. But I think within the industry, she would be considered a mortician, right? Because yeah. she does actually do she, both. She she does the actual embalming. Because I'm not sure body. if that's necessarily always the case. We don't no. need to have like a super in-depth conversation about the funeral industry. You know what this reminds me of though? Six Feet Under? Yeah. No, that's exactly where I was going nailed with it. it. Oh, because man. Not, well, because like in the show, and obviously these are all dramatized, but I'm not sure, like, in real life, are they two very separate positions, or is that common? I would, You know what? I would think, especially for family-owned funeral homes, that it's probably pretty common th- that one person does both roles. But are family-owned funeral homes even a thing anymore? That's, like, really fucking weird. I mean, that was a big part of Six Feet Under, too, wasn't it? I know, it? that's like, why the, I the think of it, because they, they lived in the home, but right. they also had a mortuary in the basement. Right, and a common recurring theme throughout the entirety of the series was this conglomerate. Do you remember? Like, there was a big conglomerate yeah. Oh, yeah, that was I constantly trying to, like, buy them out and, like, yeah. you know, like the Borg, like, assimilate 
them into like the Costco. Oh, we got to watch Six Feet Under after this. You know what would be really sick is I just made a Costco joke, but like it wouldn't shock me if some point in our lifetime Costco began began offering like funeral (laughs) services. They sell caskets. Do they really? Yeah, they do. You're not joking even a little bit? No, I don't think I am. Wow. Idiocracy is like legitimately kind of true. Tell you how I know. All right, we're getting off in the weeds. All right, so anyway, so anyway. Um, so yeah, they do the whole they do the whole montage of um, preparing the the grandma, and then that's we kind of segue back into the past where Shirley and Mom, um, I just call Mom Mom. We were just talking about this before we got on air that we can't remember what Mom's name is. Um, right, but she's a she's a is she an architect or a designer? She designs I think, I think homes. She's an architect. architect. It looked very yeah. you know blueprinty. Um, and she's clearly very artistic and creative, but like, cause I know the dad's name is Hugh and it's a little bit easier because the dad is still alive in the present timeline. So like, he's kind of like two characters like the kids are, whereas the mom is really the only person on the show who's really only just like one, you know, she's only portrayed by one actress. She only really exists in one timeline, you know, apart from any random appearances, like as a, as a ghost or as Mm -hmm. a, as an apparition as a spirit. (laughs) Um, but anyway, we're just going to call mom and dad, mom and dad, right? right, Henceforth, we're not going to worry about their names because there's really no other parents in the show that we could be referring to. We got it. So, um, yeah, so Shirley and mom talking about the forever house. They're talking about Hill house, how it's like a, there's a transition. Well, it's like a body. Oh yeah. Pipes are like veins and it's got a heart and creepy AF. Yeah, definitely not foreshadowing at all. There's a lot of foreshadowing in this show. Right. And then she goes outside to play with Nellie. Luke's outside and sees some kid in the woods. Yes, and there's an important reference here, um, both for later on in this episode, and I think also this gets revisited later in the series. But do you remember when they're getting ready to go outside, because Nell wants to have a tea party, and I'm sure they're like, nah, that's not really my deal, but I'll, we'll go play outside. And the mom says, all right, go play outside, but just remember... When you see the front porch light flash twice, yeah. that means come home. And like, let's be real. I've seen the whole series. I think I imagine a lot of people listening to these podcasts probably have listened or watched the whole series at this point, but I still won't spoil it. But it's not spoilery to say, because I remember very vividly thinking this, even as I watched it for the first time, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is clearly, like, they're clearly telling us something here. Right. Like this Kids is- are being called home. The like front the, porch the front light porch is fla- going like, to flash at yeah, some point. Like it does we are at meant the end to know of the that. episode. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. The, the little model forever home. Well, she says it, and then they go outside to play, and then they, they, they reference it again very quickly thereafter because Luke is sitting there playing, and, and, and I think they, it surely yeah. um, even says to Luke, like, hey, don't forget – you know, what, what, what does he, she says, like, what does it mean when it's time to come home? And he's, he's like, yeah, yeah. When the front porch flashes twice. I'm like, yeah. So now they're like really reaffirming that we're supposed to remember this, yeah. you know? And he looks up and in the woods, it's just like creepy kids standing there looking yeah. at him. Yep. And, and he like, waves. Yeah. And then Shirley goes in the rape shed and finds the kittens. <laughs> that's, that's right. The rape shed with the, the creepy like wasp face thing, yeah. which by the way, it was weird to me that that wasn't weird to the dad and the groundskeeper. They were like, this is a Halloween mask. And I was like, no. But like, they listen. don't even know that yet. Like, You know what's even weirder? The what? parallel in Shirley, present day Shirley, telling her son that he has to make his own Halloween costume. Oh, and she gives him that mask that really resembles that. that mask from her childhood. Totally I, right. I keep thinking like, oh, she's got like some demons deep down inside. But like, they're not, they're not... Like, spooked, like, they don't know that it's a Halloween mask, wasp nest, like, hybrid bastard combo until they, like, tear it open. Like, they know that it's a wasp nest. Like, the groundskeeper is like, yeah, that's a wasp nest. But, like, you know, Shirley finds it and freaks out. Because it looks like a face. Yeah, it it is a face. And then there's a hard cut, I think, to just, like, the dad. What is the groundskeeper's names? What is their family? It's Mr. and Mrs. whatever it is. I don't know. Whatever it is. They care for the house, and they... Ex- they, you know, explicitly don't have a key that opens the red door. Yeah, and they also don't stick around at night. That's, I think, the first time he mentioned because they're talking about the dogs, like the phantom. He's like, yeah. oh, well, we're not around at night, but I've never, I've never seen any dogs. Yeah, never seen no dogs. But anyway, it's it was weird to me that like they see this like like how do they know it's not like a a dead body like in there? Like he's like, oh, honey. Come here, yeah, come here, you gotta see this. Yeah, come and here, let me stick my hand in this. He's giant like, don't be scared. I'm like, how the fuck do you know not to be scared? You don't know you don't know that that's a Halloween mask inside a wasp nest yet. Right. Anyway, this is one yeah, minor right. nitpick I have with Okay, it. cool. Well anyway, creepy mask freaks the You mean spooky mask? Spooky mask. Oh, you guys don't know, Aww. but that's that's what our son calls Star Lord. 
Yeah, from Guardians Spooky of the Mask, he calls man. Him spooky Mask. Anyway, Spooky Mask. Anyway. All right, so anyway, Spooky Mask, and then, um, you know, oh, let's say, oh, yeah. Right after that, we, we, we flash to the present, where Shirley's son is complaining that he wants to buy a Halloween costume, and she says, no, you have to make one. I bought you this mask, and he writes the word lame on it, and they call him Captain right. Lame. Captain Lame. For, like, which is funny, but I also thought, like, ew. <laughs> ew. What? Am I missing the joke? Why is that you? No, I just I just cringe at Shirley having these like I feel like she has this front where she looks like she's had she has it all together mm-hmm. despite the fact that she's like embalming people in her basement and like has this history of, you know, that mask and then she buys it for her son and there are like elements from her childhood that she is slowly bringing into you know, adulthood with her. It's sure. just like that really kind of, I don't know. Like, I, I think she's got some stuff going on. Well, she definitely does. Yeah. And like, she obviously, if we're going to go off that deep end now, because might as well, um, like, I mean, she lost her mom, right? They, all the kids lost their mom. Right. But and Shirley they... is the oldest sister. Right. Right. And we've already kind of touched on this a little bit, but like, Shirley clearly takes it upon herself, and, and perhaps rightly so, to sort of assume that maternal role to the rest of her siblings, even Stephen, like who is older than her, but like right. Shirley kind of takes over as like the mom of the family. Like yeah. it's, it's, and we're going to develop this later as the series goes on, but like the dad is kind of like fucking useless after yeah. the mom. Kids. Well, wouldn't you be? Yeah. 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 And so Shirley, like really, she has right. to just basically, you know what? I've got my own shit, but I need to set that aside. Like yeah. I need to bury that she right is now. Like suppressing all of that yeah but it's like bleeding through yeah exactly know? yeah because you can't you can't it's like um in cartoons right where there's like a leak and you the, you like put your finger in it and then and like another, another one and then yeah. like you plug that oh, totally. and then like two more totally. and i feel like in present day that's kind of what we're seeing with shirley like nell's death is kind of like that first big leak and it's like all right now now there's no way like there's this no is, way this to is stop gonna it. come down at some point yeah but anyway yeah and it, they talk about how she has like a basically a bleeding heart for her (laughs) clients too that like more than half she's like just given them services for free and they need to stop because you know they can't keep that up financially right and um oh what happens after that oh and then that guy brings in the purple box the purple box with pictures of the grandma right from earlier on right and she like gets all weird yeah and i didn't understand why at the time but then the flashback then flash after to, that yeah, yeah. is to that, that eulogy scene where they're burying the first kitten that died. Such a gorgeous scene. Oh, man. And that's what I always say. I always like to praise well-done exposition, right? Because that's kind of what they're doing is they're like, they're giving you that insight. It's like, oh, I see. Like, I see why Shirley does what she does. You know, like right. this, this scene was clear like a very seminal moment in her development. Right. You know? Right. It kind of stops her in her tracks as an adult. Right. And then she remembers, and you cut to her mom holding a similar purple box with a dead cat in it. Right. And that's like her first memory of anything kind of supernaturally even happening. And it's just so subtle with that the cat's mouth moving. Oh, God. And that's what makes it such an amazing storytelling in general, is that it's like that whole scene is beautifully written acted executed yeah. like it's gorgeous you, it's like very sentimental and it lulls you into like this oh this is really it's a really nice like family moment and parenting moment right and then a fucking bug crawls, crawls out, out of the, the mouth of a dead kitten like how much more wait, of a 180 think about degree how perfectly set up that was for us to not know if she was actually seeing supernatural activity right or if she was really just in her own mind as a young child not understanding death and first encountering something like this and having all of these emotions and right. not understanding how to interpret them maturely and then seeing something move and then oh a bug crawls out of the mouth so it must be you know we can attribute it to that but like she's probably been and then you see later that she deals with that continuously throughout her life yes you know yeah so it's like if if you were her wouldn't you want to think more logically about it and be like no 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 no, it's because of the bug or no 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 no, i was just too emotional and i just i didn't know what i was seeing yeah there was an explanation there was a rational explanation yeah yeah Yeah, but it's just so that's part of that subtle you know setup that allows for interpretation that we were talking about earlier yeah absolutely and let me just say i'll take a time out because we're talking about content and narrative 
But from a from a technical standpoint, this was a huge gripe that I had with the show. It's minor. It's a huge minor gripe. <laughs> um, the CGI yeah. in the show, and you've only watched two episodes, which, by the way, I'm so I'm so excited that you still get to watch the whole show for the yeah. first time. Anyway, um, the CGI is so on point for like the entire show, and yet th- these bugs. Um, you probably don't care because you're not as much of a nerd as me when it comes to this kind of stuff. No, but I know the exactly bugs where you're going with this. So they look terrible. Yeah. Like it was because it was such an amazing like plot device. Like I said, that whole scene was gorgeous, and you, the viewer is like, "Oh, and this is sweet." And and then like you know they turn it into horror. Literally, it was like a, this horrific moment that is even all the more horrible because of how effectively they set up. Yeah. All the sentimentality no, prior to right. But then like the bug comes out and like when there's that moment where you realize what's happening and you're like, ugh. And then I was like, oh my God, that looks so terrible. Honestly, right. it's so Right, but I'm just so much more able to suspend That's belief fair. for a second and be like, oh, it was a bug, a real bug, you know? That's fair. And it wouldn't even bother me so much if it were consistently that caliber <laughs> of effects. But like all the rest of the show... They, it's almost like the bugs were like almost like an after effect or like they ran out of budget. Like, you know, because they, they, they spent so much time and care making the the CGI and like all of the supernatural and like the ghosts and... The, no, the, that's fair. I totally know what you're... You're right. You're absolutely right. It looked like a little right. cartoon gummy insect. And yeah. on it, like, why couldn't you have just done like a practical effect there? Like you could have... Like you can get like cockroaches or whatever. Sure. To, you know. Sure. I don't know how that works. But like all I know is that whatever money they spent on those bugs, it wasn't enough because it looked <laughs> awful. It did. You're right. Both times. And I paid really extra attention the second time around with the whole Nell, you know, because you know, Nell's on the table later and it happened. And it's just a hallucination we're meant to believe. But um, it's like the exact same little like green, shiny like a bug's life bug. Like that's honestly what it looked like to me. Oh yeah. I'll stop harping on it. Okay, anyway, cool. I was really disappointed by that. So, so anyway, anyway, anyway. Yeesh, tough so crowd. we jump from, <laughs> we jump from Shirley and the sick kitten and the bug in its mouth to basically, right. um, you know, sickly Luke. There going was a to dead rehab. kitten that swallowed a bug. It needed a hug cause it swallowed a bug. Yeah, please, please don't ever sing this to our children. <laughs> that would probably not be a good idea. Okay. So anyway, um, much to your connection that you drew earlier, we jump from the sick kitten funeral to Luke going to rehab for the first time. Right. Right. And the, young, the, stupid, naive Shirley. Right. Young, stupid, naive Shirley and the financial squabbles that they go through paying month by month for Luke's rehab. Oh. Right. And um, And yeah. Um, Did you say squabbles? Yeah, between it's her. It's $6,000 and... a month. I, th- I think that that qualifies as a little bit more than a squabble. Well, I mean, between between Shirley and Steven. Yeah, they no, go back I'm... and forth talking about, you know, thinking they can pay for it, and then they find out how much it is, and, like, insurance doesn't cover it. Yeah, and, like... and, and we clearly established that at this point in the timeline, Steven is not right. a successful, famous author also, yet. Also, oh, hey, vote blue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. But, uh, you know, yeah, she's like, yeah, it's going to be $6,000 um, a month, and it's going to probably take, like, six months. And you can just see Shirley, like, yeah. obly. And Steven's, like, double obly. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So Luke goes to rehab. But Shirley steps up. Shirley steps Sh- Shirley's up. Shirley's the she mom. Pays for it. This is another kind of, this is a great example of Shirley being like, no, you know what? I'm the, I'm the big sister. He needs this. Um, and you can see, like, literally, as they, there's a great yeah. shot of her filling out the check. And it's she's almost like... She's the mom. She's taking dude, care of the fam. Like, this actress is Luke amazing. Needs. Because yeah. when you can emote, like, with a shot that is literally just primarily your hand writing, yeah. like, and, but and you're still able to... Yeah. in your hand. And oh, you can, absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah. Well done. Right. If the, I tell you what, if this show doesn't get nominated for, like, at least a handful of um, Emmys, then something's not right. Because, like genre shows and movies and i've talked about this with respect to hereditary the movie right Heredi- yeah that like horror gets no respect particularly in terms of from a performance aspect right but like this show is just so goddamn good it's the- so good so it, it better get some award season love the end that's the end of Tons. my soapbox um so anyway we gotta move it along we're we're, we're like uh, you're like the host uh, like you're like i'm nick now you're like come on come on we gotta <laughs> hey move it along all right, so anyway, um, we, we flash back and forth to different periods of time in their childhood. You know, Shirley 
with the the kittens in her bedroom and her feeding them and and showing yet another you know aspect of her mothering nature right and then um shirley and oh theo theo coming into shirley's room one night and shirley like, is such a dick but i love it or not sure or theo theo, yeah. theo is such a dick yeah. yeah i love how they like make their personality so like simpatico between the the... Yeah, but then they cling to each other. Yes. So you know that they still have that connection no matter what, right? Yes. So like Theo comes in saying like, <coughs> stop it. She's like, shut up. Shut what do you do it? up. What are you doing? You're hitting the wall. You're saying my name. Oh my God. <laughs> why, why are you doing that? As soon as she says you're saying my name, I'm like, here we go. Well, and thir- uh, I almost said thoroughly. It's a mix of Theo and Shirley. <laughs> That's like their new like um, bromance name. Anyway. Anyway. Earlier on, too, Theo has another little, like, asshole child moment because, um... The Brussels sprouts? No, 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 no. Um, Because Nell is asking everybody to do a tea party. And, like, the mom's like, I can't. I'm busy, sweetheart. And um, Shirley says no. And she goes, ask Theo. And Nell's like, Theo, do you want to have a tea party? I can't. She's just like, no. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't. She doesn't sugarcoat it. No. Not at all. I don't remember what she says, but it's like a really Theo thing. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, so they're clinging together. So like she comes, Theo comes in and accuses Shirley of of pounding and saying her name and... Right. And then all of a sudden there's like wall thumping and growls and the dad comes in and he's like, oh, it's the pipes. Yeah. We're in an old house. But then really that's part of the nightmare too, right? Do you remember? It's part of the nightmare and the dad's eyes roll back again like the cat and like the mom. Well, and his, his mouth opens like... Like, um, preternaturally. Yeah. Do you remember the movie Dark Skies? Yes. I made that note. Do you remember? Like, it's, it's actually like an alien abduction movie. It's not a supernatural movie, um, Dark Skies. But it reminded me very much so of that. That, yeah. that happens a lot in that movie where, like, their mouths just go, like... Stuck. Yeah. yeah. And, like, there's that tone. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a... Oh, it's really unnerving. It is. Which I'm sure is obviously intentional. Right. But... And that's what wakes her up. And then she gets the phone call from Steven. Right. That... Nell's dead. Right, yeah. And I love that they kind of are setting this, because um, like you said, they Theo can be kind of a, a hard ass, but like when it comes right down to it, she is a very scared little girl, and Shirley is her big sister. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, it's not reading too far into it to say that you can understand why Shirley and Theo in particular would have a bond, and that carries through to the present, which I love the consistency of all of this, because like, okay, you've got the twins, right? Mm-hmm. They're a pair. They're twins, so set them aside. You've got Steven, who is a boy, and he's the oldest, so he's kind of a little bit more independent and on his own. And who does that leave? The girls. The girls, Theo and Shirley. Right. And I just love that they, that, that they, the, Mike Flanagan sets up all these dynamics, and it's like so complicated and interwoven, but also realistic. But it's so relatable, because yes. I have, there are aspects of those, of those relationships that I can relate to with my own siblings. You know, there are aspects of those relationships that I see in other people's you know, family right. dynamics. It's just so, it's so perfectly, you know. It's natural. It's it feels so perfectly very confusing and, and yeah. yeah, all of that. And not, not linear and not, you know. And it all makes sense. Perfect. Like you can, like, and I, just exactly the way I just described it, like it would make perfect sense that these two sisters would have kind of a connection together because their other two younger siblings are twins. Right. And their older sibling is, is of a, a different gender. Not to say that, um, siblings of, of a different gender can't be close but when you're being when you're a kid like you do tend to flock to gr- sure. girls tend to hang out with sure. girls and boys tend to hang out with what particularly back in the what would this have been like the 80s or 90s yeah so anyway i love so anyway, that yeah and they live together now and they live together now so yeah. well okay so fast forward a little bit to um crazy shirley deciding to bring nell's dead body to her own Jesus. home mortuary and embalm her herself yeah like more of that mothering i have to fix her and, yeah. you, and they do that flashback to um you know now we understand why shirley's um you know a mortician yeah. because of that man who held her hand and walked her up to her own mother's casket and she says you fixed her yeah another bit part yeah. where someone just crushes it yeah i will say because that exactly. guy's fantastic he, it was awesome yep. and then they come back and it's like i have to fix her myself yeah you know so she oh so weird oh my god and you know you what, know when she's, when she's like, doing it it's still no not just that just like the whole concept you know yeah but that, you can also totally understand it where she's like no you understand it's it. my she's job like, to it's do this my sister i have to take care of her and she feels some sort of like guilt or accountability and yeah. why she's even in that you know position to be 
begin with. And she doesn't trust anyone else to and do it. And you know that there's some weird, deep darkness to her where she, in the back of her mind where she's like, I have to do this because... Yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little fucked up on the inside too, you yeah, know? Almost even kind of like punishing herself. Exactly. You know? Like, yeah, exactly. Like with the mask and with the kittens and with all of this stuff that she's carrying with her into adulthood. The parallels are endless because I'm now even realizing, and there's that, there's another parallel yeah. where she feels like she has to be the one to fix her, to take care of her, to make her pretty. And she's using the photo of Nell's wedding day. And Shirley, if you remember, was, was also the one who. Yeah, so it's on like it's like day. there's just so many parallels. Right. It just blows my mind exactly. how how does like Mike Flanagan? You're never gonna hear this, but like let me ask you this: <laughs> like, do how does your brain work? Like I don't understand. Like, well done. Like you need to like donate your brain to science when you when you're dead because how you how anyone could just sit and like oh conceive of this story I know. it's just it blows my mind right I even I even typed out this quote where she's on the phone with Stephen and she's like keeping it together so well that she's on the phone with him and she says I'm elbow deep in our sister's chest cavity pulling out a bag of her internal organs. Yeah, I like, actually made a note. Um, that's what that family it, does. <laughs> I made a note. I made a note for that scene that Shirley is basically like um, preparing like a butterball version of <laughs> I Nell. Know. I mean, really, because she pulls going out about the bag. It like she's cooking it's in like, the kitchen. It's the fucking yeah. gizzards. It's Nell's gizzards. Yeah, and like a red plastic bag. And she's like, bag. "Listen, Stephen, <clears throat> I have my arms elbow deep in our sister's chest. You have to get two grown men to the airport." Get it done. Yes. Man, that's and that, like a mic that's drop when, moment. That's when I was like, man, maybe Theo's not the badass of the family. Maybe it's Shirley. Yeah. Because she fucking like gets Speak softly and carry a big stick, Done. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She's like, I'm going to do this and all y'all are going to just deal with it. And the, and she walks the walk, right? It's not yeah, talk. Like no. she does get shit done. Because they he hangs up the phone and he says she's doing it herself. And I, the woman who speaks back to him, who I'm assuming is his wife. Yeah. Says, I won't expand like, on that, but you'll learn more about uh, it. Well, and they, they touched on it a little bit in episode one. That he's separated. That he's, yeah, not yeah. living there. Yeah. But anyway, um, she's just like, you're kidding. He's like, nope. Nope. She's doing it herself. She's doing it herself. Exactly. Yep. And she and she friggin' does. She does it herself. You're right. Because you know? she's the mom. She takes care of the she family. She gets the shit done. Yeah, exactly. Like, going back to the wedding day again. Like, when Luke shows up. And she up, keeps it together. <clears throat> she spots Luke, and she's like, uh-uh, uh-uh, nope. Yep. No, you know, you gotta go. You're hot. Here, take some money. Get the hell out of here. She handles shit. And yeah. she goes back in, and a sweet little Nell, who's like the first time that you as a viewer... Um, are really getting to see Nell like normal now. Normal. Yeah. And she, gosh, she's just so adorable. I know. Little Nell. I can't wait till you get to see Nell's episode. Anyway, um, that she keeps it together. She never lets on. Nell's like, what's, you know, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, nothing, nothing. You look beautiful. You know, it's, everything's fine. Right. You know, cause she is a rock. Like Shirley is like the Mount Everest of yeah, this family. Absolutely. That shines, that yep. shines in all of this, especially when she's doing that. And then it, you know, um, at the end, when she's finished, like, making Nell look like Nell again. Mm-hmm. Like, the dead body of Nell. She fixed her. She fixed her. Mm-hmm. And she's happy with it. And she gets up to leave, you know. And then you get that, like, that little glimpse of how her mind works and how she shuts it the F down. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you know that she's she's dealing with demons, too. Just like everybody else. She turns back and there's, like, this apparition of her mother... You know, she's like, nope, 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 nope. And her mom sits up, opens her white eyes like the kitten did, you yeah, know. has the purple box. Has the purple box. And she just flips on the light and is like, not today. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Shirley's hard. Yeah, she's, yeah. Shirley really is. I'm she, curious, like, I want to know if she, I, I could see it going either way, that she, like, believes in what she's seeing and she's just right. not fucking having it. Or if she is just like, this is, none of this is real. I'm good. But you know what? And I'm not meaning to like, I don't mean this to be like a cop out. Yeah. But I don't think that it has to be a yes or no answer. Like, does Shirley believe? She might not Because even I know. think that yeah. all five of them, and that's what each of them having their own episode is wonderful about, is that you're getting to see, like, I don't think any of them really know what to believe. You that's know? true. Because we see a lot of that in Steven's phone call to Shirley when he goes to tell her that Nell's dead and he right. tries to tell her several times that he saw Nell standing yeah. in his living room but he like couldn't bring himself to do it because he doesn't really know yeah like he doesn't know if he really saw her or if or if she was really there 
or if it was all a figment of his imagination. Right. And obviously I wouldn't dare use specifics, but like spoiler alert, there's going to be a season finale of this show. And usually that does entail some sort of climax, right? Sure. So like, I don't think that it's overly telling to say that that's what we're seeing. Like each of these episodes is that we are seeing their journey from disbelief to belief. Right. You know, like, because oh, obviously, sure. like, this sure. shit is just going to keep continue to escalate in terms of the supernatural shenanigans. Yeah, but it's just so perfectly subtle now. Yeah, these are know? like the tremors. That you, like, I'm questioning it too. Like, <clears throat> is she just, is she just dealing with a lot of shit and her mind's playing tricks on her, you know? And she knows she's a mortician. Like, she knows her sister just died, even though she's trying to, like, compartmentalize yeah. her role as a mortician from her role as Nell's sister. But, like, she, she is clearly aware, and I think it's causing her to have that doubt about, like, am I, like, literally losing it? Like, it, like I don't think she believes she's seeing ghosts. I think that she is aware on some level that, like, my sister died. It's a traumatic experience. My brother, junkie, fled rehab, and we don't know where he is. My dad is a cuckoo bird. Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe I'm just losing it a little bit. And I'm seeing things. Like, I don't think she believes, right. you know. Yeah. And she even though she was raised down, in a haunted she, house. She pushes that right back down. She's right. like, I got to keep it together for the family. Then she comes out of the um, of the mortuary to say to her kids, like, you can't see this. Yet. And that's like, in the middle not, of it. Yeah. And that, and I love, that's actually, I really wanted that to talk really about that scene. That was a really good moment. Yeah. Because um, we kind of skipped to the very, very end yeah, scene. Sorry, but um, the thing with her kids um, is slightly before that. And I love that. And I think, again, there's perfect parallels because if you remember, the scene that I tie this to where she's talking to her kids Mm -hmm. is the scene where she's in bed with her mom and the mom says, oh yeah, the other kitten is fine. And Shirley's like, bullshit. She flat out says, I don't, I think that's literally the line is that young Shirley says, I don't believe you. And you can tell that that too has a really indelible like impact on Shirley's like psyche. Yeah. And that that there, like that corresponds to this scene with her kids. Where she's where, like, where she's I'm like, not going to tell you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. And that's clearly like a direct, like, fuck you to mm-hmm. her own mom to be like, you know what? No, this is my moment to relive that conversation that I had yeah. with you. And yeah. I'm, I'm not, and she's like, you know what, kids? I know you're, and she does it perfectly. Yep. She's like, I know you have questions. I know you're curious. You can ask. Um, I won't lie to you. And there are some things that they ask where she's just like, I don't know. Like, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah. But I know that I'm sad and I know that I love you and that that's okay. It just, man, Shirley is, Shirley is a, a Parenting great... goals. Yeah, for sure. Literally. Without the, you know, scary shit. But you know, earlier we were just talking about how much we love the, 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 the older mom and, mom dad. and, and yeah. we do. And like, that's just, that's why it's also realistic is because like the, the, the original mom she is a great mom and she's trying her best, but she makes mistakes like we all do. Yeah. You know, and they talk about that in their own conversation. Like, you know, this sure. was not our finest moment, you know, I, um, but I love that you're getting to see this parallel of Shirley being raised by this, by all accounts, for the most part, wonderful mother, but also learning from her mistakes, mm-hmm. you know, and then trying to do better with her own kids. It's right, just, and she tells beautiful. them to go, why don't you go look at pictures and remember her the way, you know. Oh, that's right. She looked. Why don't you both go upstairs? And yeah, choose and your, like, your favorite pictures of Aunt Nell and we'll hang them up at the funeral. So sweet. Yeah. And this is a horror. This is a horror TV show. I know. It's like, just so good. I there are, there are no shows I can think of even off the top of my head that are just this well-written, period, let alone a genre like horror TV right. show. It's just, there's, there's never been anything like this that I'm aware of. No, I mean, the rising and falling action is just so, it's just so perfectly, it's just it's just so perfectly spaced throughout throughout the entire show. And you've seen two episodes. I know. I'm so excited. Oh my god. We and gotta just stop. Not, you know what? We gotta stop. We do gotta stop. We, gotta we stop just gotta so go, go watch, watch more episodes. N- and yeah. can I tell you one thing? What? These first two episodes, as amazing as they are, looking back at it retroactively in hindsight, they are not among my favorite episodes. Like that, like if that no, tells you anything. No, and I anything, can totally see. That. I mean, I said it at the beginning. This seems like kind of tame for a a horror. TV show, God, so good. but there's just so much background embedded in it that I'm sure it just sets you up for an even better understanding. Yeah. Later, you know. Yeah, so good. So good. Um, yeah, this was a great. This was a great episode, and this was not even, in my opinion, one of the stronger episodes. That's just because <sighs> every episode is so good. Yeah, so good. You know, oh and they all fit together. It's like a puzzle. Like it really is very much like a puzzle, and every piece fits exactly where it's meant to fit. Right. You know. Right on. Um, great stuff. This was a good episode, even though it took us 17, <laughs> 17, 
17 tries. You know what? I'm glad we pushed through. I'm glad (laughs) we persevered. I feel feel better. I feel better. I feel 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 really good about this. Yeah. Yeah, I feel pretty good. I got to go vote. I got to go pee. We got (laughs) to... And probably eat, eat too. I got to go vote blue because right. Luke doesn't All right. Have well, insurance. hey, um, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. I hope you're all still with us for this ride as we go through the, the haunted horror house on the hill. Um, yeah, as always, sorry, Robert Bevan. Like, I don't think we've literally said his name once this entire episode. Um, we've been like sucking off Mike Flanagan to no end. But <laughs> Robert Bevan, you are still my favorite author. I'm sorry that I'm cheating on you with Mike Flanagan. No, we did. We brought it up with the uh, jersey. Right? Oh, that's true. With the jersey. Was that in this actual take that we talked I about all that? I can't remember. We've done so many. <laughs> in any event, this is still a Caverns and Creatures podcast. Um, so everybody, if you're listening, make sure you check us out in the Caverns and Creatures group on Facebook. Um, it's it's run by Bevan. It's a great community. Um, we've made a lot of really great friends there. Also, check out Bevan's website, cavernsandcreatures.com. Google it because there's some hyphens in there, but I don't want to spell it for you. Um, check out his merch We've buy been, some merch. Buy some merch. We love our hoodies and, um, you know, buy the books. Definitely, if you haven't, if you're listening to this, and I, let me just say, if you found this show, because I definitely made sure when, when we switched over to Haunting of Hill House to, like, change the tags, you know, like when people search for podcasts, I'm, you know, Haunting oh, Hill House yeah, is very popular right now. Yeah. I want people to find the show if they're looking for Haunting of Hill House content. But let me just tell you, if you're here today right now listening to this because you're you're all about haunting of hill house that's great stick with us we're going to cover the whole rest of the series but we are this show was created um to basically serve as tribute and discussion for uh, critical failures the series of books by robert bevan um who is a, a wonderful independent author the books are so funny and entertaining and you know they're addictive they're super addictive so if yes. you're here for haunting of hill house great we're happy to have you for any reason why we have you, as long as we have you. But definitely check out Robert Bevan. Check out Critical Failures. Check out Robert Bevan. Do yourself a favor. Yeah, check him out. I just, you know what? You need to play that cat music. <laughs> I do need to play. But I also want to go back and clarify because last time we talked about <coughs> my celebrity crush list. Right. And I guess who's on it now? Bevan? Yeah. Yeah. I added him. Yeah. Added he definitely was list. not, he was not pleased he to be omitted. Pleased. Sorry, Robert. You're on there now. Next time. Better late than never. You know what? A win's a win. win. So, hey, um, I'm Noah. She's Molly. Thanks so much for joining us. Come back next time um, where we will dive into episode three, which I believe is Theo. We haven't (gasps) even talked. Oh, I know, Molly. I didn't even look ahead. I know. So, she's so excited. So, um, if you don't come back next time, I will be really, really poorly done CGI. See you next time.